0: This is the Procedus initiative. Welcome. I'm Chris Bean. And here with me is Chris Kent. Hello, Mr. Kent. Hello, sir. And today we have a, a special guest joining us. She's a master life coach, a CEO, keynote speaker. She empowers people in the art of being unmustable with to help them realize their dreams, create the life they want. Welcome, Jocelyn Herman-Sachio. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me, so Chris with, and Chris. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh,
0: so with the art of being unmessable with, um, how, how did you how did you come about that?
1: Well, let's see. The first glimpse that I ever had of what I'm calling unmessable withness, which is not a real word, but getting there, uh, was when I was 11. And it uh, really was my mother because my parents were separated. And uh, they were going to get divorced. And my mother was very much a victim in the situation. My father had cheated on her a bunch of times. And it was sort of like she, he was the bad guy. She was the weak, you know, victim. And she did a transformative seminar and came out of that thing like completely unrecognizable. She was able to create a job and an apartment and anything she said, she was able to fulfill on and create. And to me, I was like, okay, whatever that is, like she is now not a victim of anything. She's able to have a vision and fulfill it no matter what. So that was my first glimpse of it. And then later on, when I was in my early twenties, a mentor of mine said something on a call, and I latched onto it. He said, "Well, you're just messable with," and I was like, "Okay, that's it. Unmessable with is that the space that I've been pointing to and didn't have a word for. So that's the birth of the name.
0: Okay, very good. And was that was that Richard kinden I think I, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Very good. So, uh, yeah. being unmessable with is that. Um, is that a one and done type of thing? Is it a a continual ongoing activity? Um, And if it is a a continual thing, what are perhaps some daily habits or or practices uh, that would help to facilitate that continuation?
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a one and done. And it's not like, you know, people sometimes have a misunderstanding of what I mean by it, because they think it means being tough or being impervious to your emotions, or people can't get to you or something. That's really not what it is. It's just that ability to shift from reacting, which everybody does, to creation, being able to fulfill on your vision, your dream, your raison d'etre. It's an ongoing process. It's like a muscle. So it's kind of like, is brushing your teeth a one and done? Uh, Probably not. If you want to have clean teeth, you want to brush them every day. So I work with people to quicker and quicker get out of that mode of being reactivated. Whatever reaction you have, whether it's irritated or annoyed or being stopped or thwarted and being able to fulfill on what you really want to create in a relationship or in your business or in the world, in your community. So being able to shift from reacting to a new path that you created and in many times pre-created so that you had a place to go to when you caught yourself in a messable with moment. Does that sort of answer your question? Yeah, so you, little-
0: you you have like a pre-programmed response when things go wrong, because often, they, I mean, every day they will go wrong and to have an day. idea of what to do when inevitably that happens would be much better than being reactive to what happens and being on the flow or at the whim of whatever is going to happen and, and not knowing. Ex-
1: exactly, and it's not even like a response. It's more like a pre created space to come from Chris. So I was just on the phone with one of my clients and her husband had been away for like five days and he came home. And the first thing that he said was something like, oh, you left the duvet out or something like, you know, something that for her occurred as a complaint. Right. So in that moment, she gets messable with, she's like, he's always complaining and he wasn't here and I was busy and all that stuff is reaction." And we all can relate to it because people say things and do things or stuff happens and we react. It's automatic. It's by default. So what we created as a new space to come from, because predictably when he comes home from a trip, he's going to say something that's going to irritate her. Right. So she pre-created being appreciative and patient. So that when she can catch the red flags of her getting irritated or annoyed, you know, the tightness of the chest, the redness of the neck, whatever it is, she can catch herself before she goes too far down that road and come from a space. Okay, what would being patient and appreciative say right now versus what would being righteous and annoyed say right now? So
0: And so really, this kind of sounds like almost you are setting intentional intentions as you go about different things for the day.
1: Yeah. Intentions and contexts. I think that's the critical part of it because, you know, the context is decisive. And, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, if I hold my finger up and I say to you, okay, what is this in the context body part? You're going to say what?
0: Not your finger. You're exactly.
1: Finger. And it's not, it, you, there you go. If you're really going to get technical and may, you know, with terms, but yes, it's a finger. But if I change the context and I say, okay, number, in the context, number, what is it?
0: Well, it depends on what country you're in, but number one.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's, <laughs> here, exactly. But if I say direction, all of a sudden you got enough. And so nothing's altered in reality. People are going to say whatever they say. Things are going to happen. The context decides on how you perceive that reality and how you respond to that reality. So, while we don't have a lot of say about the content of our lives sometimes, you know, like my mother had a stroke, I didn't really have a say about that, but I have a say over the context in which I view what's happening, or which I view the people in my life, or which I view myself. So, when you can become the author of the contexts, inside of which you're functioning in your life, then you're the author of all of it, because that gives you your view of people, yourself, circumstances. And it's your view of life that gives you your experience of life and the quality of life that you're living. I mean, if you have a view of life that everybody's out to get you, that gives you a particular flavor of life, which is Probably not the kind of life you'd want, you know, if you were to have a say over it. And you do. You have a say over context.
2: Yeah. I like the, the idea, the bigger idea behind that. Or maybe even this is, this is the bigger idea of another concept, but the idea that you can't always control what happens to you, but you control the way that you interact with it. And so, like you're saying, instead of being reactive and emotional and giving into that immediately, controlling the way that you respond to things and controlling how you deal with the things that are given to you is, is huge, you know, and this idea of unmessable with is not letting that stuff um, dictate the way that you react and the way that you feel, but rather you are going to take control of the situation. And I really like that because we even talked about that a lot between the two of us and just the way that you, yeah. the, the way that you interact with things, because you, you know, you can't change what's going to happen, but you can change, you have control over how you respond to it.
1: You do. And I'd love to substitute one word that you said a few times. So okay. you said the word control, right? I would let that go. Cause that's like this create, mm. you can create how you respond through creating context. Cause that goes up and out versus like, I'm going to control it. I'm going to suppress it. I'm going to, yeah. you know, like that. I so. like
2: that. Yeah. And that's even there. That's you creating and and being in charge of that situation as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it's creation's the key. So so most of my work with people is giving them the tools and strategies and muscle to shift from reaction to creation quickly because you are going to react. Of course, things are going to happen, you know, it, it's you're a human being. You have language and you can, you know, take things personally and all that kind of stuff. You're not a machine. So things are going to hook you. The question is, how quickly can you get unhooked?
0: So so I guess. In the process of creating or crafting that ideal response to those situations, um, sometimes, you know, I would imagine your clients have set modes of go-to that they are in when X, Y, Z or whatever happens, um, or even they have to take situations out or remove themselves from situations that are happening in their lives um, or habits that they're going through is there a time that, you know, they get gently reintroduced into those things that have been taken out or to to deal with those feelings that have been crafted and, and put in a different in a different box, sort of say.
1: Well, let me address a couple of things that you said. One thing is yes for sure people have go-tos, right? They have brain patterns that have developed over time and sort of gotten grooved in. Like, you know, I mean, if you just look for yourself, what's your go-to when you get reactivated is what's the automatic.
0: Well, I know if if I'm, I'm unfortunately the type of person, if I'm going to have an argument or something with somebody, I have to be, I have to be right. And I I often don't end until I'm I'm seen as the, as the person who's right. Perfect. So that's (laughs) like
1: a, that's like a overcompensating muscle. Let's put it that way. So you've been using that muscle for so long, it just goes there. It's like, you're going to, You'll, you'll talk about articles you read that you never read just to be right, like just to like prove your I get it. You know, like that's like a particular go to there are other people who have a go to where they get sad or hurt or insulted or whatever it is. Right. So those go tos have a lot of um, muscle memory. As it were. Right. So in order to intervene in sort of that grooved out path, it's just easier to go down that road. You have to actively and consciously and with a lot of discipline interrupt those brain patterns and create a new pathway. And it is like literally a neuronal pathway, but you know, I, I call it like a road. So you have a road that has pavement and, you know, it's so grooved in, it's just easier to go down. And then you have like sort of brush and branches and rock, and you've got to carve that road. So it takes something in the beginning to carve the road. And then at some point, there's a road there and it gets easier and easier to shift your go-to or at least catch your go-to quickly and shift over to that other mode. So that was the first part. Now, I can't remember the second part that you asked me so that I can so, address it because there was something else good.
0: Yeah. So if if they are in a situation where they are um, having to remove oh, yeah. items. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. No, I don't do that. Okay. I don't have them remove items. That's the whole point. See, You'd only have to remove an item if you're messable with. If you can develop being unmessable with, you could be with anyone under any circumstance at any time. Now, the caveat to that is obviously if they're an abusive situation, you'd want to get out of that situation because it's dangerous. I'm not, you know, I'm talking two sides here. But in most situations, that's not the case. And my commitment is that people have an ability to be with anything and anyone. So I'd work on dismantling what's in the way of that versus removing the circumstance. Because again, it's not the circumstance. It's like the finger or the one. It's the context. And then your actions and perceptions are all given by the context. So you have a say over altering that context. It's only in language. It's not like This cup, you know, it's not real like that. The circumstance might be real, but your relationship to it is malleable.
2: So you mentioned how we have our automatic kind of thing that we, we go to and then we can, we can create and really work hard on making that new road of how to react to something differently. Do you think that ever can become or replace the automatic or is it always going to be a conscious? We might have a certain reaction and then we have to switch over to it. Maybe, you know, it becomes easier over time the more you work at it. But do you think it ever becomes the default to uh, automatically go? I do. Yeah,
1: I do. I think, you know, first of all, I've been doing this for 45 years, right? And I've been training people in what I'm talking about in one way or another for more than 30 years. And there are areas of my life where it's not even... It doesn't even occur to me to go down that other road. It's like if somebody says, oh, remember when you used to, I'm like, I can't even remember it. It's so not real for me. I mean, I'll give an example is my husband. We've been together almost 30 years. We've had five fights in 30 years. We do not fight. It is not, it's not like, it's not like I have to stop myself from fighting with, no, it's just, it's just not a thing. I don't fight with my mother. It's not an, it's not like a, not an option. Like I have to stop myself. It's it's just not there,
2: right? As a default, right? And but and that I mean, not to presume anything, but that came from the work that you had done. In, like
1: absolutely, the no no question. It is yeah. from practicing that muscle. So at some point, like if you were right-handed, this is probably going to fall apart. All my analogies end up falling <laughs> apart at some point. But if you were right-handed, as I'm trying to create it as we're talking, and then you were like, okay, no, I'm going to be left-handed. And you stop using your right hand at some point, it would be natural to use your left hand, you know, Yeah. at some point it might take years, but, and it, and it does, it's not a magic pill. I wish it were, but it takes discipline. Sure. You know?
0: So the way I kind of understand that is, is habits and practices, daily practices. Um, what, you know. Would there be any like daily practices or habits that you would say to, to include to become more amessable with? And maybe it's specific to, to the in- individual, but and then I guess if so, how would you go about crafting those specific routines and habits for that individual?
1: Well, I have um, a game that I give to people, it's like a free gift that I give to people. It's a five day game called the Promise Game Challenge. And I think promising is a really, really powerful way to exercise this muscle of creation. Because if you think about it, when you promise something, it creates in that moment something that was never going to happen before you created it. It's like you could be thinking about going to the gym, but when you say, oh, Chris, I promise I'll meet you at the gym tomorrow at eight. Now there's a future that wasn't there before the moment you created it, right? You're following me, yes? (laughs) Okay, so promising is like exercising the muscle of creating your life with your word. So I give people this five-day game where each day is a different promise and there's an intention behind each promise. Like maybe it's to create joy in your life or it's to create you know, forgiveness or whatever it is that you wanna, the space you wanna create. And it's an actionable pathway to create that space. So that's one thing I think as a daily practice that I use, but that I recommend people start playing around with and start, you know, discovering for themselves what could happen if you promise to make five people smile today, that's interrupting your ordinary going through lifeness. You know, it's like now you're causing something because you said so. And your word is a very, very powerful tool to be able to create. And in fact, ultimately, if you're unmessable with, what's really unmessable with is your word. because if your word is messable with, I'm so sorry, you are, you know, and most people that is a weak muscle for people. So the other thing, well, first of all, any questions about that before I move to the next practice I recommend for people? Yeah. So
0: I guess with, with that as a, as a practice, you're, you are having the, your clients, I would say, or or anybody set a promise and they can, like, it would be like almost like a daily goal, essentially.
1: Uh, yeah, it could be a goal. It could be. I mean, you know, I promise to forgive somebody today that, you know, blah, 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 you know, or I promise to forgive myself for something that I'm regretting. Or I promise to make a list of the 50 most important people in my life and send emails to them this week to appreciate them for the difference they've made. In my, I mean, I'm just making this up, but, you know, you could promise anything that. So you look at what is it you want in your life? You want intimacy. You want uh, joy. You want you know whatever people want, because that's where I start with people. Is like, what do you want? What's your vision? What's your your calling? Your you know your dream. What what is it that you really want? And now, what's going to get them there is number one, obviously producing results that are consistent with that. But number two, it's a place you're coming from. So these promises are a way of crafting the space you're coming from, so that it's not something you're getting to. It's like there right now, and it's there in the future. If you take actions consistent with what you're creating, that was a lot of words. I think what I just said, but
0: <laughs> makes sense. Yes, that was good.
2: Maybe this is derailing a little bit, but let's say you come across somebody who um, feels like they're already they they feel like they are already unmessable mm-hmm. with. How would you go about trying to discover things that might still stand in their way? Well, um, and maybe that that confidence is already one of the things is that you know they're. They think that they're already in that position when really they're not. So, again, yeah, just how would you? I never met anybody like that.
1: So, I I, and I work with really (laughs) successful people. I mean, I work with all kinds of people, but I work with you know billionaires, CEOs, you know. And everybody has something that messes with them, whether it's a person or you know limiting belief or some you know view that you have of the people that work with you or whatever it is everybody's got stuff that messes with them. So, you know, the people who are like, well, I'm already unmessable with, probably don't come talk to me because that's not who I would work with. But there's always the next level. So I work with people that there's nothing wrong like in their companies or in their families, but what's the next space that they want to create? Because every creation has a shelf life. You know, I'm sure for you guys, when you created this show, you know, I don't know how long have you been doing this show?
0: Like, uh, this will be episode 27, 28? 27 28. 28, 28, so 28 weeks. We, so we started this one at the beginning of uh, January.
1: So, you're still in that creation mode, right? And when you're in a creation mode, things are exciting. You're just kind of throwing spaghetti against the wall. You don't really know exactly what you're doing, but you're kind of, you know, just creating as you go. And even when you trip and fall, it's invigorating. This is for any, whether it's in a romantic relationship or a business relationship or whatever you're building, then at some point, And this is to speak to those people that you were talking about just before, Chris, right? At some point, what you create shifts from creation mode to management. And now you're no longer creating and, you know, that whole open space. It's now, okay, I got to now manage what I've created and make sure that this survives and doesn't, you know, go into entropy or something. So that becomes a very different mode. And most successful people are very, very good at reacting to what's happening. So if you look at anybody who's really effective or successful, they're good at dealing with what life is throwing at them. They, you know, they put out that fire, they deal with that emergency, whatever. But that's a very different space than the magic of creation. And that magic doesn't exist when you're in management mode. So a lot of those people that are, you know, they've reached a certain point, I work with them to shift the space so that they're able to maintain what they've created, but shift it back over to creation mode. So even what they're doing that might be the normal day-to-day has that element of creation to it. Gotcha. Yeah? Okay.
0: Very good. Yeah. Habits, I find habits and practices to be kind of the, um, the, 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 road as you said that to to travel down in order for people to get to their goals or to and and even for goals i realize goals are two kind of modes where you have kind of a what i would refer to or most people refer to as a smart goal but to me that's an intermediary goal and then you have an end goal which is where you want to end up with life at and you kind of i try to work backwards starting with an end goal and then, okay, yeah. what are, what's a, like a, a milestone to make it there? That would be your yeah. SMART goal. And then what are some daily habits and practices in order to actually make it to, and then you have a path, a road set out for you in order to actually achieve those things that you that you want. So for me, daily practices and habits are kind of a big part.
1: They're critical, but here's the piece I add to it. So like if you look at the work that I do in my calendar workshop with people, which is just a little thing that I did for my private clients, but everybody was dealing with this whole thing about having too much to do and, you know, how am I going to get it all done, blah, blah, blah. So I created this thing where you have your calendar, you have your actions, but you create a context for each one. So then you're actually creating not only the space, but the content. So I have people go through their calendar and put everything in there, include, you know, go to the gym. Okay, but why are you going to the gym? Well, what are you creating when you're going to the gym? Creating vitality creating longevity whatever people create and i have them put that in their calendar so that the calendar is not just a to-do list it's a like to be list as well as a to-do list like what is that action fulfilling on
0: then it would almost turn into not only your calendar but it would turn into your 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 values and then that would yep. be helping to drive and, and give you meaning behind why you're doing whatever it is that you're doing
1: Completely. In fact, I, I think I call the thing, your calendar is your creation. And when you're creating your calendar, you're creating your life because where else does your life exist other than in your calendar? I mean, if you're somebody that uses your calendar, which I think anybody who doesn't better start because keeping your stuff up here, <laughs> this is where your reasons are. This is where your fears are. Why would you keep anything up here?
0: Well, and yeah. David Allen uh, says that you, your brain is really good for having ideas, not for holding ideas.
1: Yes. Very good. Yep. Yeah. I concur.
0: Yes. So you know we've t- kind of talked about creating change behavioral change in a person um it, you know if you had to sum it up to one or two things that actually is the the catalyst for cr- that that creative or that 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 change in the person you know what what would those what were those items be to you
1: I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I think altering the context, if somebody's the author, most people are not the author of the context they're functioning in. Most people are in a default context and they don't even see it because it's like, you don't really see body part when I hold up my finger, you just see the finger. So what's in the background is is shaping and giving you your relationship to life and how you experience it, how you You know, your moods, your feelings, your, you know, what you think is possible, what isn't possible. Your whole life is given by what's in the background, but we don't really address it. So I think if somebody can be now the creator of those contexts, they actually have a say in who they end up being, what they end up doing and the results that they end up producing. So I think that's the linchpin, like, you know, your leverage point is developing the ability with your word. And again, that's why keeping your word is so, you know, and honoring your word is so important because if you can't go to the gym, when you say you're going to go, how are you going to create intimacy in your marriage or doubling your business? It's the same modality as word, right? So being able to strengthen that muscle of word and then experience yourself as the creator of your context, because that will then produce results that are consistent with what you're creating versus consistent with what's just going to happen anyway.
0: I see. I see. So we talked a little bit about goals. Um, when you when you are helping people reach their goals, you drill down and find out, you know, that you know what achieving the goal would allow them to do. And really, that's the basis of them having the goal in the first place. And kind of that's kind of a to me, it's a creative way to asking that person what they really want. Like, what is it that you know? Okay, you, that's your goal that yeah. you want, but why do you want that? And yeah, I, I find that often that is a very difficult question for people to answer. Like, what do you want? And yes. you know, what what do you do when when that's a when that's a, a tough section?
1: Well, if they can't see it going forward, and I call that by the way, I have a term for that: your dream source. It's kind of the source of why you have the dreams that you have. When I'm working in more like corporate or, you know, like the UN and that kind of area, I call it creation source because sometimes dream is a little too soft, right? For that, for those kind of people. But <laughs> either way, it's the source, like you're saying, why you have those goals, why you have those dreams. So if if somebody can't see it like going forward, like, well, okay, well, if you accomplish that, then what would be possible? I go backwards. And I go to an early time in their life where they just, you know, and we all have those silver box moments where it was just like bliss and we were just being maybe we're, I mean, for me, it was always when I was singing to my stuffed animals or, you know, and everybody's got a moment like that. And then I have them really capture what was the space that was present in that moment? What was the... You know, and if they don't understand space, I'll say, "What was the mood? What was the feeling? What was the experience of that moment?" And that'll get them there real quick. It's not a very difficult process. That's a, a whole thing I do with people called your dream source discovery process.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah. I, I like I said. I know that sometimes that's a that's a tough tough question They answer. Like, what do you want? I don't know what I want. People, you know, often, often they don't actually know what they want. And so, you know, having that as a, as a, as a practice, okay, this is the goal. Okay. But why do you want that? What what does that do for you? And, you know, I could see that that would be a, a stumbling block for, I would imagine, a fair bit of people. It,
1: it is, and he, and there are some people even that don't even have goals. I mean, I know you know for maybe you and me, that's kind of unreal, right? But because you have so, things that you really want to accomplish, but a lot of people they're so busy dealing with what is being thrown at them, they're not taking a moment to look up and out at what they really want, what they really want to accomplish or create. In their life, so I have to do a little bit peel back with those kind of people, where I go, okay, so what are some of the things you're dealing with and dismantling because that's the stuff that's messing with them from being able to have a vision, you know. And if you don't have a vision, you're only going to be looking down.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Um. So, I find that a lot of people they have goals. You know, if if they have goals, lots of their goals yeah. are perhaps imposed on them by outside forces. They're not actually their own goals. They see, you know, John has this, oh, that sounds good, I want to do this, or Sally, you know, their goals are not actually their own, but rather a collection of what they see other people have. And maybe it is something that they sort of like or admire about John or whoever, but it's not actually their own goal. And so how do you... I mean if if you know if you can speak on how to actually have goals that are unique to a person what is that what is that process like
1: Well it's so funny I feel like you guys are giving me like uh every opportunity to talk about every distinction I've ever created so <laughs> what you're talking <laughs> about right now is what I call your default dreams versus a created dream and even if you fulfill a default dream so those default dreams come from Anyway, they could come from your parents when they, you know, when you were little, they said, oh, you should be a doctor. And then all of a sudden now you're on that track or it could come from society, right? Or, you know, friends, or it could come from TV or, you know watching a movie at some point. But the first step is to identify of your goals, where they come from. So I have people do an exercise where they actually identify, oh, that came from, you know, my grandmother when I was seven, or that came from, you know, leave it to Beaver or whatever. That's way before your time. But I don't know. Happy days now, probably before your time too. So, <laughs> like, whatever TV show you grew up watching, family ties, maybe. Um, but in any case, okay, hit one. Okay. Yep, family yep. ties. Got it. Yep. Okay, good. So, wherever it came from, you see where it came from. Now, that doesn't mean you have to abandon the dream, but if you fulfill on any dream that came from someplace else, even if you meet that goal, you're not going to be satisfied for more than a, a moment. And you're going to be on to the next one. And every single person can relate to that because we've all accomplished things. And then it was like, "Eh, okay, now what? Next, you know, and that next carrot that you're always chasing. When you are the creator of your dream or your goal, like it's really from nothing and you've created it, then satisfaction is not only available to you when you reach it, it's available to you as you engage in the game of getting there. So it's like satisfaction becomes the water you're you're swimming in. So what sometimes people say to me is like, well, so are you saying I have to give up my goals, you know, because I'm I'm in the middle of med school right now. And no, you don't have to. You can reclaim those goals or dreams as your own, but first you have to identify that they weren't yours so that you can tell the truth about it. And then, you know, you look newly and say, okay, am I going to have this? And I've had people who were, you know, lawyers and, you know, gone through years of school and they've gone, you know what, this is not my dream. I'm not going to do this anymore, you know, or reclaim it. And they have a whole new level of power with it.
2: Yeah. It's, it's huge. And like you said, even going back to the calendar, finding out why you're doing what you're doing and you might, either come across a a point in time where you realize that you're not fully invested in what you are because you're just following someone else's dream and you're not creating it for yourself. And, and, or you might come to the point where you realize why you're doing what you're doing and it really helps to re-motivate you in that too. And that's why it is so important to figure out why you're doing what you're doing and why it's important, the values and how they help you to achieve that dream. That's, that's huge.
1: Yeah. It keeps you connected to your heart, you know, otherwise you just become going through life machines, you know?
0: You, you, you yeah. shift into that management mode that you talked about earlier. Yes, yeah,
1: totally. And and it's so easy to shift into that mode. I mean, it's like you know, it's such a, uh, a like you're saying a practice. It takes discipline, and you know, being able to apply that practice moment to moment, really, but definitely day to day, because the the pull is for that other space. The pull is for the automatic. The pull is for the default. The pull is for the management. The pull is for getting stuff done. You know, and that's kind of the culture
2: we're in. Right, yeah. And I know, you know, we're talking about finding out what's important to you and creating things for yourself. But I'm just curious, for you personally, you know, one or two things that uh serve as inspiration or help to motivate you. And, and a lot of it might be internal of your own, but I don't know if there's anything else that you, you know, you try to uh check in with or you're interacting with that helps to keep you motivated, helps to drive you toward creating mm-hmm. Those things that you want.
1: Um, I I don't look to get motivated. I have like, this is a thing I have with people all the time. They're like, well, I'm just not motivated. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? If you have to wait to be motivated to do something, you're screwed because that's like some feeling that sometimes there, sometimes it's not, it's irrelevant. My whole thing is I go to my word and I go, okay, what am I creating right now? What did I create that I can honor right now? You know, what's my promise? What, and that is saved my life. I mean, like in no uncertain terms, so many times. Um, And it really is how I function. That's what I go to. So my go-to is my word always. And it's funny because like, you know, even just like doing yoga, right? So it's like, I didn't give my word to do yoga today, you know, like I didn't actually, <laughs> but I will give my word to do it on certain days. But when I wake up, I'm like, oh, I didn't give my word. Then I have room to go like, well, should I, shouldn't I, should I? If I gave my word, there's, I don't have to fuddle around with any of that nonsense. You know, sure, I can just yeah. be like, oh, and I'm not imprisoned by my word because it's my word. I can move my word. I can, you know, change, I can change the spot in my calendar. I can get in communication with, you know, I know I said I'd go to lunch with you, but it looks like that's not going to really work. Can we reschedule it? I mean, I can do that because it's my word.
2: Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, the importance of your word and keeping your word really does add value to that. I, I like how you, you phrased all that and the idea there, you know, it's funny, we're, we're laughing because- you know you, the motivation. If you realize, if you wait to be motivated, you'd be waiting forever. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to to act, and you know, I mean, putting I, that word out there, motivation creating that word is overrated. Right. Yeah.
0: There you go. So I, I feel like we've been asking a lot of questions. Uh, I, I want to open up a time. You know, do you have any questions uh, for us?
1: Well, what do you find is like the biggest thing that messes with you individually or as a team?
0: Yeah. So I guess for for me, um, I. I, I fall back to systems. And so I have a, like a, a preset of, of systems kind of, I, I guess, along the lines of being unmessable with. And <clears throat> sometimes I feel like I am living in, in, in breathing in those systems, but I am going through the motions sometimes yeah. because I'm just following the mo- the, the system. I just, okay, this happens. I do this, this happens. I do that. And yeah. that's my own kind of systematizing. And, and sometimes I, I over systematize things. Um, But I I fall back onto those systems that I have. But sometimes I just, again, I just go through the motions as opposed to being aware of what's going on sometimes around me.
1: And do you have like a red flag for yourself that you know that you're going through the motions as opposed to really creating it? Is there something that happens? And this is what I do with people. I have them distinguish what's the red flag, what happens physically, So they can catch it and be able to be aware of it because once you're in that mode of automatic, it's hard to catch it because you're just, you know, going through the motions.
0: Yeah, so for me, I, I do uh, a daily a daily journal a, a little bit in the morning. It would be more like a log, but in the morning and then again in the evening time. And in the evening time gives me a chance to reflect on my day. And I go through and you know I I, I say what was I what was I what was my favorite part of the day? What did I what was my challenges? And it gives me an opportunity in there to say, okay, this is my challenge, and, and kind of reflect on that, and then a uh, takeaway from that challenge so that I get to say, okay, this is what happened. This is what I felt ha- happened, and then what can I do to 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 change that, to fix that moving forward. So I kind of have a check-in for those, but again, that's yeah. part of the, that's part of my system.
1: I was going to say, that's great after the fact, but in the heat of the moment sure. could offer you something if you want. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in one of those moments where you're just going through the motion, just kind of see if you can pull one up for yourself, what happens in your body or like what happens, maybe do your thoughts race, do you, you know, get numb hands. I mean, I'm just making stuff up, but I, what actually physically happens?
0: Well, I, I would, I I would probably say I turned into the most robotic version of myself that I could be because I, I, I go to that system and it's just, I'm going through yep. the motions of, of whatever it is.
1: Good. So what would that, like, when you say robotic, what does that look like well, physically for my, you?
0: My, my, I would say probably my, my facial expressions turn to, you know, almost none. And I just, there's not any like jazz or, or Emphasis on, emphasis on on, on, on what just, I'm doing. It's just, I'm just plain face. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Okay. Whatever. You know, just go through the motions.
1: Perfect. So now if you were to, if you were getting committed to intervening in that, then I would say be on the hunt for the expressionless face, Like literally have a mirror in front of you that you check into and see, oh, wait, so that you can catch that's your that's your telltale sign, your red flag that you're now in what I call a messable with moment or day where you're just going through the motions and you can go, okay, wait, let me intervene. Now, what am I creating? And that would put you back in the creator's seat of creating the context for why you're going to that system or, you know, whatever action you're taking. So it's like a little, um, like a
0: hack. Sure. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's helpful. I will try that. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Cool. Absolutely. My pleasure. This is my mission is to empower (laughs) people to be unmessable (laughs) with. So, you know, that's (laughs) The whole thing. How about you, Chris? Anything you see messes
2: with you? Maybe it's Chris. Yeah, it kind of ties in. With, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> there, there you go. Maybe
1: yeah.
2: when Chris is no, it kind of ties in. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it ties into all that, and, and just in the sense of this this show and what we're doing here. You know, sometimes I, I, and I'll, I'm changing the way I'm going to say this because of our conversation, yeah. which is which is already helpful. But sometimes I don't feel motivated, and I think what it is is I sometimes I don't. I don't really, I'm not really in touch of why we're here yeah. doing this because sometimes I just show up because, Hey, it's the time to show up and we're going to do this episode and we're going to talk about this. I'm not necessarily, it's not, uh, you know, I, I don't know why I'm here per se. And so sometimes getting what gets in the way is, is finding my place and why it's important to me to be here rather than just showing up at the, at the, yeah, so, the time. And so let's when look it's right now.
1: Why do you do this show?
2: I enjoy it. I enjoy having these conversations and I enjoy the things I take away from it. and Just being able to sit here and, and talk about how to better ourselves is, is what is important to me and, and why I do it. Yeah. yeah,
1: but you could do that not on a show. You could just do that over coffee with Chris, right? So let's see if you could you sure. know, kind yeah. of look like what's the purpose of having this show and having these conversations in a way that other people get to hear them? What does that make available? Right.
2: right. Yeah. And no, again, no, no, just I'm sitting here you. in our conversation. <laughs> no.
1: oh. I'm like, it's a real question. I'm asking you. What is it Oh, yeah. I,
2: I mean, uh, we've, we've already had conversations with other people outside of the two of us about things that we've just talked about and hearing their perspectives as things that, you know, we wouldn't view it that way necessarily, but hearing someone else bring something else to the table. Great. So that helps you new, new perspectives.
1: So now you have new perspectives. Then what's possible?
2: Uh, anything.
1: Okay. Too broad I mean, though, you know, like
2: okay. <laughs> warts
1: on eyeballs, that's part of anything. So we don't want anything. <laughs>
2: sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Well then it gives me the opportunity to view something differently and, and change the way that I interact with it and change the way that I, um, maybe operate even in my daily life because I was so set at looking something one way yeah. and they offer a different perspective and it can kind of get me out of uh, a slump or get me out of, uh, Something I might be stuck on.
1: I can totally get that, except I still don't get how that connects to having a show, because you could do that in a conversation with someone at Starbucks, or the two of you could have conversations with people, but not have it be distributed. So shift the focus for a moment, right? So you got, you know, it opens up things for... What does it make available to have it be a show? What's your vision for what this show makes available for not only include you, but not limited to you.
2: Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. I don't don't know if I have an answer for you right now. Well, that
1: would be worth looking at. It's kind of like, yeah, why am I doing this show? Because if it was just for you to have new perspectives, it wouldn't have to be a show. Sure. You know, so you could look in the areas of like the difference it could make or opening up new perspectives for all people or, you know, something, there's something about opening up new perspectives that moves you. Yeah. You know, that is yeah, not
2: just for me, but for other people too. Yeah.
1: And if people have new perspectives available to them, what becomes possible for them? Now we're just kind of just you're not stuck with anything you say here, but what does become available if people? I mean, just turn on the news. If all those people had new perspectives available to them in Congress or, you know, in uh whatever lobby, you know, like everybody's got new perspectives. What becomes available for people?
2: Mm, right. Yeah. I, I definitely want to take some time to think about that. Cause yeah. like I said, that's definitely stands in the way sometimes is why necessarily we're here in this format in this show. Yeah. Cause like you said, we could just sit down and have a conversation about it yeah. but Why doing this too. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, don't take too I mean, long to think about it. Cause that might be another thing that messes with you called overthinking. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Just look <laughs> what becomes available. Yes. <laughs> for, for
0: me, I don't know if this is, this won't give you an answer, but for me, yeah. Part of the reason why doing this is is kind of like why people write a book. I want to be able to share my thoughts and opinions and have those out. And and my my two small kids at some point I won't be here. This will be like kind of a legacy that not only they like can, they can have and, and and have me listen to listen to me and share thoughts and opinions that they would hear otherwise. But other people can have that. And and again, a legacy maybe is too lofty of a term. But to have that that other people can hear and and and. I feel like perhaps the things that we talk about are common knowledge to perhaps us, but not uh-huh. common knowledge to the common person. And so if we can get that in front of them or to have that in, in their ears, then what could that do? What can that? How can that benefit them? And I think that thought for me really is, is motivation, or motiva- motivation for me to continue this and, and have that, that yeah. benefit that other people are having outside of, of just us sitting in a coffee shop talking.
1: Yeah. So if you if you kind of boil all that down, don't take my word, you know, either, Chris, Uh, you take your words. But I'm just going to say what I'm hearing from what you're both saying is impact. It's like there's something about impacting life, people that connects for you, you know, rather than just having this internal experience. It's out this way. So I would start there and kind of look at, you know, words and spaces that are similar to that because that could be your creation source.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. You
1: know.
0: So to, to kind of wrap up, we talked about being unmessable un- un- with, and, and really the, the thing that we kept coming back to was the context. The context is so important to the so things important. that are going on around you. And not only that, but the context and then cr- craft and create a purpose mode of being for whatever that situation brings up. And then as opposed to falling back on the normal path that's been beaten and, and, and walked down thousands of times, you walk your way through the, the thorns and the weeds in order to get to where you want to go because you know where the other road leads you to.
1: Yeah, and it's, and it's again, it's a come from and get to. So you, if you're coming from impact, I'll just use impact, as, you know, since we just created that. if you're, If your ultimate end goal, as you said, is impact, But it's also who you are. It's like you're coming from what impact can I have in this conversation right now? You know, you're not just having a conversation to have a conversation. You want to move something, move the needle on something, open up a door or a view for somebody, a perspective, as you said. So if you're coming from that, your dream source is both fulfilled and unfulfilled at any given moment. So you're fulfilling on it right now through how you are acting and what you're doing, but you're also. it's
0: there as a vision. Right. Yes. Yeah. So last thing for you, last question for you. Sure. Um, We are getting ready to embark on a, on a six part um, conversation about effective communication where we talk about active listening, clear, being clear and concise, nonverbal communication, emotional intelligence, conflict resolution. Um, If you had to, to give us a, a, another idea for being an effective communicator. What would you, what would you have to say for that?
1: Make requests. Most people suck at making requests. They literally don't even, they think they're making requests, but they say things like I could really use a raise. That's not a request, you know, or, Oh, my back hurts. That's not a request. It's like, will you give me a 10 minute background? That is a request that somebody could actually act on. So unless it's specific and actionable, and in time, it's not a real request. And what I found is a lot of people um, are really not good at making requests of people, and they're also not good at not having to do it all. So part of why they don't make requests is because they think having it all is doing it all. And it isn't. It's the opposite. You have to be really good at making requests to be able to have it all in life, which I think most people are committed to. They just have a conflation of having it all and doing it all. So, Make requests that are specific and actionable so that somebody would be able to do that thing right there and be very clear. Like, will you help me is not a request. It's like, what are you even talking about? I don't even know what I'm saying yes to or no to.
0: Understood. Yes. Very good. So, Jocelyn, where where can our listeners find more about you at?
1: uh you can go to my website which is beunmessablewith.com and there's tons of resources there both free and you know paid stuff but there's a lot of material there you can sign up for my newsletter and get free tips and strategies on how to be unmessable with and recordings of podcasts and you know <laughs> whatever would support people
0: very good and then do you have any any final notes or or things you want to end with
1: and just thank you so much for the opportunity to, you know, create this with you. It's my passion. I love it so much. And it really is about the difference that it can make for people and being able to fulfill their dreams now, not someday, but live the life Absolutely. of their dreams.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes, Yeah, Well, thank you yes. for joining us. It's been impactful yes. for sure. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us. Until next time, be prestigious.